Howdy and welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. In this episode, we hear the conclusion of our interview with John Brotherton. We join the conversation as John describes when he quit his job to re-enter the full-time barbecue business and the formation of Brotherton's Black Iron Barbecue. That I just said I'm doing it. So you quit your job, but you hadn't opened the restaurant. Right. You were you were still supplying Ganos and you were still supplying... Um, some other trucks was there more than one truck i think back then too, um or was it just there was also a uh, restaurant in round rock uh crack of dawn donuts that um they were putting my brisket and omelets and breakfast tacos um trying to think um that may have been it hope i'm not leaving anybody out if i do i hope they're not listening <laughs> and then you you met you started supplying black iron grill yeah so um in June, let's see, July, was it? It's either June or July of 2016. I uh, went with Russell up to uh, barbecue summer camp. And, Russell uh, Regals. Russell Regals. Um, you know, he does he does a lot of stuff with the with the folks up at A&M. And, man, I wanted to go up there to classes. So he was like, well, come with me. You'll have to work. And I was like, I don't have any problem working. That's, that's what I do. Um, so I got up there and... You know, cook for those guys and show them that I, you know, that I I'll get up there and work and help them out. And you know, uh, Doctor Sable he even mentioned, you know, everybody wants to come to come to camp, but they they don't want to work. So um, I think I'm I may be adopted by those guys by now. They they, <laughs> you, they I'm you actually do pretty much they, everyone. Now. They asked yeah. me to to come and help. So 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 that was nice. But I met um, at one of the camps. I met uh, Brady Clark. And he's from, you know, he does graphic design. Uh, he's in round, uh, in Georgetown, rather. So we were talking, and, you know, he said he was from Georgetown. I told him I was from Pflugerville, and he was like, well, I got a buddy that's that's about to open up a place over there um, in Pflugerville. So, uh, and that's when Kelly Gary came in into the picture. Um, and through the foodies group, you know, I, I would post about them, you know, let, letting everybody in the, in Pflugerville know in that group that you know about restaurants and stuff and that's what I do too I mean I mean I support the their local restaurant scene um but I made a post about them you know saying that they were coming in and uh one you know once they opened they started gaining a lot of traction you know right away the food was phenomenal everything was done really well really talented chef Marvin Briley um you know put the menu together and um so they did really well. Um, and then, you know, through the community, you know, them hearing about me, me hearing about them, you know, we started talking and I started supplying them with brisket for, you know, for some of their sandwiches. And they did a, uh, Marv put together a, um, a brisket French dip. And whenever, whenever, you know, we would, I would take the brisket down there and he would make something with it, you know, they'd be a nice little spike in, and sales so we saw right away that there were you know some some nice little synergies between us you know and at that time that was um there it was pretty much almost like a deli counter it was really small just a couple of tables it was actually when they first opened there was only one table up front and i don't think it was even meant for anybody to sit there that was pretty much a they were doing catering and and to go orders um for basically for the sandwiches that they catered that day they would sell that same you know that same sandwich uh pretty quickly they discovered that people wanted to sit down but there just wasn't a lot of room there um but they ended up 
in the end, you know, three they had three tables, like eighteen or nineteen chairs there, and um, you know everybody would come and eat and fill up the place. <laughs> so you kept kept supplying briskets, and it, did the the need for briskets grow? How did you how did you decide to go into partnership and and build that out into the, the barbecue side? Yeah, so it did grow, and it grew so much. Um, Early, you know, at, the, at first I wasn't even doing pop-ups. I was just ca- doing catering and selling briskets. But I didn't have that outlet to to interact with the customer. Um, everything that I did was secondhand. You know, someone else had that customer interaction, and that is what I craved. Secondhand you know? briskets is, yeah. is not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I craved that interaction with people. You know. Um, so I decided to, uh, you know, we still had that Hall of Flame barbecue trailer. It was in storage, and I decided to, to, um, to suit up and take oh, yeah, it out. Your first, your first one was at the Growler bar. Yeah. yeah. So um, Jason Kemp, that you know, he had the Growler bar, and it was pretty new at the time. But food trucks were going there. Um, before I even left uh, my job, I went in there and talked to him, and I said, I, you know, this is what I'm thinking about doing. Um, and he said, you know, any, when you're ready, come on, we'll, we'll do it, you know. Um, so decided to start doing pop-ups, and I would only do one, one a month. I didn't want to do it, you know, every day. I didn't want to do it a couple times a month. I had, I had too much catering and whole brisket orders to, to do that all, and I was pretty much doing everything by myself. Um, early on, you know, with the catering and everything. So if I got too busy, I would hire, you know, hire a friend to, to help out. Um, but the first pop-up was crazy. It was 250, maybe even 300 people. It was that, you and know. When your first pop-up makes the news. That's a pretty, pretty yeah. big deal. Yeah, it was, it was nuts, man. So, um, so we had people tweeting, the tweeting the TV stations and such. And, um, it was crazy. We had a line from I, I can can't show you visibly how far away from the road we were, but we had a line from our trailer to the road. We even had Pflugerville PD out directing traffic. There was nowhere to park. People were parking across a, a main highway that runs through Pflugerville to you know to come across. It was it was really popular. And as um, most good husbands do, Brian sent his wife to uh, stand in that line that first day. <laughs> she, went the first one? she went to the yeah. first one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I I I remembered seeing her at more than one, and um, she was she was pretty frustrated. That first one, we were slow. It, it was not pretty. We, you know, I got a a bunch of people that we had re- really never even worked together. Um, they didn't have any barbecue background at all. You know, um, I'd had um, um, Rob, who is my general manager right now, he was kind of my head guy for the pop-ups, you know, that cut all my meat and kind of coordinated everything. Uh, but he had never done barbecue before, so it was it was a whole new, whole new ball game for everybody. And that first pop-up was just it was bad. Yeah, if it you've was ever a, been inside of a food truck, there's not a whole lot of room to maneuver in those suckers. Yeah, and our our truck was very very small as far as the space, like less than less than most. It definitely wasn't. Uh, suited for for doing barbecue for 300 people so 
it was it was a mess. People were waiting for four hours, you know, to get to get barbecue. Um, nickname of Franklin of Pflugerville came up more than once. I yeah, think, the, even the the news, like whenever they came out, which they did, they came to my house the next day. So that was kind of crazy. Um, and then once you know, once that happened, it is when it really started picking up. Um, I started getting catering requests um, overnight. My Facebook. The business Facebook page added 500 new likes in the first 24 hours after that was on the after that was on the news. It was it was it was mad, crazy. So, um, ever since it's just been seems like it's almost uncontrollable the the way it's grown. It's 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 cool. So you Very did a cool. few more of those, and your your last one before getting into Black Iron was uh, with Evan Leroy. Yep. So I, um, and that was right before Evan, it was only a couple weeks before Evan was starting his uh, food truck, Leroy and Lewis. Um, I invited him to come up, um, you know, because we had, he's very creative, you know, we were both. That would be an some, understatement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were both doing, you know, crazy sausage concoctions and whatnot. Um, I've always had a lot of respect for Evan, man. He's just, he's a good dude. His product's phenomenal. And I wanted, um, I wanted to bring that to Pflugerville and let them see um, what some of the other people were doing. You know, for the most part, I'd, there, you know, there is a community in Pflugerville that, you know, appreciates the the higher um, level barbecue. But for the most part, I don't even want to say that. But a lot of them, you know, they're okay with going to to lower tier barbecue joints. You know, and I wanted, I wanted to bring some of Austin to Pflugerville, which is what I wanted to do with, you know, in the beginning anyway, was kind of bring some of that flair to a town that didn't really have that, you know. So so we brought Evan up, and that went really well. It was a great event. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, and it was nice. There was, there was so much creativity across the menu. Yeah, 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 definitely. And it was kind of a who's who in barbecue was there too, you know. We had both built up such a following. We had you guys and... You know, Russell and Misty Regals from here in Houston were, you know, they came up there for that one. Uh, Clay Jungle. Yeah, Clay from Snows was there. Uh, JR was up there for that one. Um, so, yeah, it was neat. It's still neat to see those faces, you know, the, the people that you respect that do barbecue when they come to your place to eat. That's a really cool feeling, you know. So we, And we get we do see that a lot, so it's, it's quite nice. Yeah, so once uh, w- once you've gotten a few pop-ups on your belt you've got you're getting a bigger and bigger following um is did that kind of spur on the collaboration between you and black iron merging into one entity or yeah how did that come about and i was kind of going in that direction and we got off track there but um you know as everything was going crazy um and i wanted that face to face with the customer instead of only selling my brisket to someone else and for them to, to be face-to-face with that customer. I wanted to be in control of it, but I mainly wanted that interaction. Um, I started talking to Kelly Gary, um, who was the you know was the owner of Black Iron Eats, about going into his place. And it was actually his idea um, to come in there in the evenings and on the weekends when they were closed. Because, you know, nobody's there in, in their place. So why not go in there and you know and sell out of his place and um we were gonna do it we talked about doing it and kind of delayed it and then we talked some more and then 
and the more that we talked, the more it made sense for us to just put our businesses together. And so that's what we ended up doing. And even, I don't think either, either of us really visualized where it's at right now, but, um, but what we did was, you know, we, we took aspects of what I was doing and the aspects of what they were doing. And, you know, and now we've got all these different sandwiches that, you know, have that, have the barbecue aspect to them. So, and that's kind of become our niche and what separates us from, from the other guys. And, and initially, you, you couldn't even serve brisket by the pound just because there's so much going on in such a small space. Yep, I had a small space. Um, I was cooking. Um, so at that same month that, that I met Brady at summer camp, Russell and Misty were going on vacation. I was getting ready to do that pop-up, and I knew that I knew it was going to be crazy, not quite as crazy as it was. Um, but he had his pit up there that he calls Bertha he had that at summer camp and I started cooking on it and fell in love with it and he said won't you take it we're going on vacation won't you take it and cook on it because it's just going to go in storage that's and a Bewley that yeah it was yeah. a, a Bewley pit okay. um you know I'm used to cooking on a on a uh pit you know fashioned out of a propane tank and feeding it logs every 45 minutes and that was another thing too so while I was working that full-time job and doing all that cooking, I slept in 45-minute 45, 45 increments throwing logs on the fire. Which is not really sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I got really good at it, though. I can fall asleep, and, and I still can. I can fall asleep in a matter of seconds. My wife laughs at me. She wakes me up laughing sometimes because I'll fall asleep that fast. Um, but, yeah, so they were quite generous and allowed me to take that the pit. They were going on vacation. It was either, they were either going to leave it there or let me borrow it, and they said take it. It was perfect timing. I, I wouldn't have been able to pull off that first pop up without that pit, and that was that was in July of 2016. And tonight, October seventh, seventh of yeah, 2017, I brought Bertha back tonight <laughs> yeah. to to cook here at the Woodlands. You, you seemed a little Festival. reluctant to do it, but you bought your own <laughs> Bewley in the meantime. I did. Yeah. I, I've actually bought two Buleys. <laughs> One uh, one was three quarters the size of Bertha, and then the the one now is um, from you know from front to back it's a little wider, but it's the same pretty much the same size. It's a, a really big pit, and I've kind of fallen in love with that with the Bewley pits and figured out how to how to cook on them. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit because the, the ones you use are, are what I consider to be more traditional Bewleys. They've got the automatic damper, mm -hmm. um, magnetic controlled with a thermostat. Yep. Um, they've got the, uh, the um, refractory firebox yep. um, to really hold the heat in, but they're basically an offset pit. It's it is just, an offset uh, pit. Uh, there's yep. a cabinet around it that insulates it as well. Um, you mentioned, you know, the sleep, and because of the automatic damper, you can actually get a decent amount of sleep with that, right? So right. How does that cook differently than a standard offset? Other other than those things, or into more detail about those things? Well, you know. You can put more wood in the firebox and and not have a not have a blaze. You know, um, that damper will open and close. Um, we I load the firebox down with you know, more wood than I normally would have, and I go to sleep. And that that system does its job. It opens and closes with you know as the temperature changes within that pit. So um, so I went from you know 45 minute increments to 
to being able to you can probably sleep eight hours you know if you if you know what you're doing with the Beaulieu pit so um and that's that's nice to be able to do that because there's no way I would have been able to to cook you know and sleep in 45 minute increments and then stay at the restaurant all day long and do all the you know all the things that I have to do to keep that thing running it's just impossible um so that that pit has been a lifesaver and my partner and I said we need, we've got to get another one we've got to get a bigger one I actually bought one in December of last year and I still I still haven't even picked it up yet but I do own a another Bewley <laughs> it's a good thing that Kelly said we're gonna go ahead and get this one so so we got it and it's the, on, the only reason that we can do what we do is because we you know because we got that pit so wise decision on his part <laughs> so when the uh once once you guys decided to partner up and the you know the the sandwiches they've been doing with your brisket before i'm guessing they stayed on the menu did those change at all or how did how did the sandwich menu start to evolve for you guys so the 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 first one that they did was that the french dip and it's not even on our permanent menu actually um what we would do is we'd kind of just throw stuff at the wall and see what stuck. Um, they were doing a Reuben, and um, you know basically what they were doing was getting a a pre-brined brisket and cooking it in the oven, getting um, containers of sauerkraut from a wholesaler, and putting it on a nice marble rye bread. and And Marvin would make his own uh, his own dressing. Um, that dressing was the only aspect of that sandwich that was done in-house. Everything else was, you know, farmed out. Um, when I came in, again, Russell and Misty to the rescue actually gave me his brine recipe and his rub recipe for pastrami. And I started doing that there. And that sandwich has taken off like crazy. I mean, we're doing probably in a day what they would what they would do in a week or two as far as the Reuben goes it's just it's a great great sandwich so that's the, you know that part of it's evolved um, we were doing we wanted to keep things fresh we wanted to get attention as soon as as soon as we merged and we were actually doing um, different sandwiches every day and we were doing specials and whatever we could come up with and we started talking about doing a brisket Philly um, so I took Marvin to my favorite Philly cheesesteak spot, uh, way south Philly in Austin, and he said, we got to get this bread, man. So I started calling around, and we located the bread. It's the Amoroso's roll, you know, which is from Philly, and that, that's, that bread is what brings a Philly together. So we, we do the uh, queso. We don't do a provolone do. Or, a che or a cheese whiz. Uh, we do a, we do I've a had queso. the cheese whiz. Yeah, I I've mean, I'm a big fan. So Pat, at yeah. Way South Philly, you can get you can get either or. But I um, I fell in love with the cheese whiz. I went to back in 2001. I went to Pat's King of Steaks up in Philly. I've been a couple times and fell in love with that sandwich. And finding that at Way South Philly in Austin was kind of a treat. Um, Are you slicing the the brisket thin? No, we we do it the same way. Um, actually, on the Philly, we chop the brisket up, but it's not a it's not a pre-sauced or anything. I mean, for the most part, even our chop, you know, is is to order. Um, so we chop that Philly up, mix in um, 
mix in queso and we do sauteed onions and red peppers on top of that amoroso's roll and it it's really the textures it's so like a, a philly cheesesteak like you're sitting How come we don't have food here yeah this we probably should probably <laughs> right. should have done that yeah i probably shouldn't have left work early yeah <laughs> yeah, we're not a legitimate uh, podcast if we don't get to eat the food yeah, while we exactly. eat it. We should have yes. <laughs> did the lo- kept the location in Pflugerville. Um, yeah, so so that Philly, it's 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 almost authentic, and that's what we want to do is capture the authentic parts of that those sandwiches, but put that barbecue twist on them. So um, and that you know the Texas twist. And uh, another one that's that's taking off is the brisket banh mi. Yeah, uh, tell so us that, a little bit about that one. So the brisket banh mi, um, you know, that kind of came from the from doing that Reuben and Misty's uh, sauerkraut recipe, and um, we started fermenting the the sauerkraut, and which is then, the loveliest smell. Yeah. <laughs> so you walk into our place in the morning. It smells like feet. Yeah, it does not. It does not smell like a barbecue joint in the morning. <laughs> Um, it stinks. We've got sauerkraut fermenting and we have kimchi fermenting um, in multiple pots. Uh, it's quite potent. Um, but yeah, that, the bami was just one of those things that you know, Marvin and I would ha- we would go in on Mondays when we were closed and we would just hash stuff out. What if we did this and what if we did that? You know, I've always had one, you know, that creative mind. Um, but Marvin is a trained chef, and he knows how to make those things come together. Um, so let's do let's do kimchi and brisket. And he was like, "Okay, well, we're gonna do a banh mi." I, I, he had actually done a, you know an authentic banh mi before we ever merged. So so that kind of came together off of that. We started doing the kimchi, which isn't a traditional ingredient on banh mi. So you know, I feel like that's what puts us above the other bombies, you know. Um, but we get our bread daily from the Baguette House in Austin, Chinatown. So you're, you're so customizing the bread to the sandwich. It's yeah. Not, you don't have one supplier. You've got multiple bread suppliers. Right. Yeah. So we, there's a lot more labor involved, you know. Um, but we want, like I said, we want those authentic aspects of the sandwiches and going to Chinatown and getting a really, really good baguette. So the baguette house there, they're putting out some really good sandwiches. It's just the best bread. It's it's amazing. Um, and that's what really makes that sandwich. I don't feel it's the brisket. I don't feel it's the kimchi. I think it's the bread that really, that really does that, you know, but, but we got the, you know, the fresh cucumber slice on there, the cilantro. And now we're putting those fresh jalapeno slices on there. We weren't doing that in the beginning because that the kimchi had a little bit of heat to it. But um, but that's kind of our niche, you know. Have, have you had sandwiches. any sandwich fails? Was there any like grand idea that just didn't come together? Yes, or? <laughs> there is. So um, so we wanted to do a Monte Cristo, and um, Eric from Hey You Gonna Eat or What, who I mentioned previously about the the really popular Monte Cristo. Um, he gave me his batter recipe and I don't know how he did as many sandwiches as he, as he did. I think we did 30 or 40 that day and our fryers were trashed. Um, we had grease all over the kitchen. I'd never seen fryers <laughs> that messy. The sandwich was good, you know, and we did a, 
I don't think he would have shared his uh, cherry fig glaze recipe with me. So we did a mango serrano glaze, which was really, really good. And now actually we put that in our banh mi just for an extra level of level of flavor and heat and sweetness. Um, but that was an absolute fail. People loved it. People wanted to come back, but I don't think it's ever coming back. <laughs> so I'm sorry. <laughs> now I'm a little partial to the fat boy. Um, you know, it, it's not it's not terribly. I, I don't want to use I don't want to use anything offensive. It's not terribly unique, but it's just an excellent sandwich that's together. So tell us yeah. a little bit about what's on there. Yeah, so that that fat boy um, that's actually 100% um, Marv's creation. That's one of the few sandwiches that were untouched. Um, we there was no way we were gonna change that. We've toyed around with smoking it, um, but the sandwich is just so good as it is and so popular that we just decided to leave it alone and it's it's a marinated uh, chicken thigh um, and he dusts it and, and magic and fries it uh, so good fresh you know fresh tomatoes fresh lettuce all, all the produce is fresh and we um, the bread is made locally it's just everything about it, it just comes together I, I don't know even how to explain it it's so simple but but that's what Marvin does he, yeah, it's an excellent bite yeah excellent bite. Um, he just, he's really creative. He puts those things together and that was one of those things that we felt was perfect. Um, their sandwiches were so good. I, as a, when I went in there as a customer, um, I'm anti, um, vegetarian. I'm 100 million percent <laughs> carnivore, but they had a, a veggie sandwich on their menu and I swore I was going to eat everything on their menu. Um, and I tried that veggie sandwich and it, it was just, it was so good really good so we've kept that on there so vegetarians can come to our restaurant and, and get a sandwich and your son and it's good there my son go. probably wouldn't eat <laughs> any of those either so <laughs> he'll come in um my wife when they come up there he'll stop they'll stop and get chick-fil-a or something and he'll sit at the bar or something and eat chick-fil-a so <laughs> well, I, I can thing. tell you the fat boy is better than a chick-fil-a yeah all day yeah. long all day it long. definitely is it definitely is we get a there's a lot of fried chicken in Pflugerville, and you know a lot of people say that's the best fried chicken in Pflugerville. I don't know about all that, but it is really good. So, um, any other sandwiches you want to touch on? Those are the ones I'm most familiar with. But. Um, you know, we do a we do a Cuban. Um, initially, that was one, you know, one of the items that uh, that Black Iron Eats was doing already. Uh, they were roasting the pork, so that so we made the change to to a smoked uh, pulled pork um, on that sandwich. And that comes on um, that comes on the baguette that we get from Baguette House. Uh, what other sandwich? I mean, we've, we have 30 some odd sandwiches that, that we would put into rotation there. And, and we just narrowed our list down uh, to the- The wheel of the, sandwiches and just yeah, spin it in we each did, week. Whatever stuck, man. And, <laughs> Um, and we would look at the sales and we would which one's the biggest see, seller right see now see what people were talking about um, I'm glad you just said that because um, we started doing a brisket grilled cheese and oh that was excellent our brisket grilled cheese is the most popular sandwich that we have on our menu we are a barbecue joint where a sliced brisket or a chopped brisket sandwich is not our top seller which is really crazy 
It was until we started doing the the brisket grilled cheese. And who doesn't love a really crazy. good grilled cheese sandwich? Yeah, I, I agree. I could not agree more. It's a really good grilled cheese and 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 brisket in there. So you guys do an ancho chili rubbed pulled pork? Yep, we did. Who's we started the, that. Was that one of your creations? No, or? that was um, one of our new hires and someone that has uh, worked with Marvin in the past, uh, Megan McVeigh. Um, she started with us last week and we you know we get together and we talk about what specials we're going to do and she wanted to do something with with pulled pork so we i was kind of against it because we've tried that in the past and sales were just flat um it just wasn't worth our time to do pulled pork i don't i don't i don't have pulled pork on our menu the only thing that we put pulled pork on is the cuban and nothing else um so you know we decided to go ahead and give it a shot uh she got in the kitchen and started putting the slaw together to put on it and came out with this um maple apple slaw and it was just crazy good um and you know as far as in sales it especially in social media you gotta attach a nice picture to it and you gotta word it right you know and all those all those elements together on top of a really really good sandwich um so that we're, we have talked yesterday and today about possibly putting that sandwich on our on our menu now and putting that slaw as a side because it's so good um we've had, had somewhere around 100 of them that we sold in three or four days so um very very popular you're doing something right if you're getting people in texas to eat pulled pork yeah, because it's not easy. Because I think everyone has that negative connotation of that dry, flavorless pulled pork they've eaten at barbecue buffets, and yeah. So it's if you get a really good pulled pork, it's excellent. It's just hard to get people to try it sometimes. I think. Yeah, well, and you know, in the Austin area, and it's probably everywhere now. Um, in the Austin area, Pflugerville, um, we've got a lot of transplants. You know, so we've got people from Georgia and you know Tennessee and stuff like that. You know, that are that are moving here. Um, and they they want that pulled pork and it really doesn't um, encourage me to put it on there because they're looking for a pulled pork that's going to be different from what I do you know so um, so we decided to do something different than what anyone's doing right take it even even further out put some organic maple syrup in your coleslaw (laughs) dressing I don't know where she came up with that but it was it's very good so that'll probably be uh probably become a staple side yeah. and uh probably a new that, addition that to our sweet sandwich is good menu. we've we've done uh, honey and ours and yeah it, it you get that you get the vinegar but you also get the sweet yeah and um you put a little salt and pepper in there as well it's really i i think coleslaw is underrated i think most of the places use um most of the coleslaw that we've had at barbecue restaurants is just pretty straight coleslaw mayonnaise based mayonnaise yeah and, and it's just very thick and there's right. really a lot you can do with it. And, and we have that, need that one. vinegar to help digest. Yeah. Too. So, I mean, we've got that one now. Um, I do it, a, the uh, the wasabi coleslaw. Uh, Marvin, you know, does a, a little simple slaw. Um, but he also has a um, another wildly popular slaw. It's a jicama mango slaw, which, I've had which that he one did. before, too, yeah. You know, from, from the beginning of Black Iron Eats and... Um, we don't have that one all the time. It's a really labor-intensive, um, you know. We've we've got a we've got to grate the the jicama 
and that takes a really long time. <laughs> so, uh, so we went with you know sides that we can put together a little bit faster. But when we do bring that that slaw back, it's it's crazy. People love it. So yeah, it feels like you guys moved, expanded, and got popular really fast from the time that that you guys partnered up. And you, I know you expanded the restaurant now um, to where there's there's lots of seating. We were just in there last weekend. Um, it's it's a full you know it's it's a full fledged service restaurant. You can sit down, you can eat. There's a you know you can buy meat by the pound now. Yeah. Um, full bar or pretty much full barbecue menu now mm-hmm. is yep. available every day. Uh, you guys are open for lunch and dinner every or how many days a week? I don't want to. Five days a week, Five Tuesday through week. Saturday. There you go. So so don't show up on Monday or Sunday. Yeah, well people do <laughs> while we're there because I work at least six days a week, sometimes seven, and I'm at the restaurant and people will come and pull on the door so we have to lock the door they'll walk in the the their that clothes sign is i level the smell with of the sauerkraut would make them walk yeah back you, out. Would, you would think so there is definitely no smoke smell it is very pungent on on mondays Sundays I eventually and mondays. that that center is going to be all all brotherton barbecue and that that whole center they're just going to keep knocking down walls like dominoes yeah no i think we're i think our growth there is stuck um you know, on one side of us is a, a salon um, that's been there for many years. They're, they're not going anywhere. And there's a karate studio on the other side of us. Um, I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. So, um, you know, so we're from day one, we talked about, you know, being closer to, to downtown Pflugerville. We're, we're not in the best location. You know, as, as far as restaurants in Pflugerville goes, we're in a terrible location. Um, it's, but, it's a little hard to see. There's not a big sign yeah, from the road as well. And what right. what is your location for the listeners? We're well? at uh, 15608 Spring Hill Lane, number 105, uh, and now 106. Um, it's, uh, you know, the main road that runs east to west in Pflugerville. We're right off, the, right off of that road. Um, but it's just, you know, it's just not the best location. In Pflugerville, we've got a little area called Stonehill Town Center that's along the the 130 the uh, toll corridor and that's uh where most of Pflugerville goes to eat so um so we knew it was going to be a challenge to get people you know to come to our place um but we both had built really strong brands and um with the two of those brands coming together that's really propelled us in that location to to be successful it really speaks to the quality of the food that you guys are putting out that even without being in the prime spot in the prime location you guys still have people coming Pflugerville residents people coming from out of town you know to visit you and eat your food and it really speaks to what you guys are doing out there you know from a menu perspective or a quality perspective and again like you said the pitmasters that come and visit you guys you know that's right to me that that that's always a big respect thing like for us when we see it when we see a pitmaster going and eating at another barbecue place you know, you're not going there to eat bad barbecue. You're not going to eat, there to eat bad food. And so it, it really speaks to what you guys are doing out there. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that very much because that's that's really what we focus on. You know, we pour every bit of heart and soul and energy every day into what we do. Um, and I've been blessed. I've, I've always done that. I'm just hardcore. If I get into something, I fully immerse myself in it. Um, so to be involved with a group of people with that same mindset. I've, I haven't really had that um, that in my corner before, you know? So we've all got a common goal 
and uh, that's I think that's what really take over the world keeps yeah yeah pretty much at least Pflugerville <laughs> we'll, we'll look at the world a little bit later but um, yeah. but that's the mindset that we have you know I want to be the best um, and my guys want to be the best we want to be the best at everything that that we can do and you know we may not be the best but we're going to strive to be. All right, you got another day. recent visit from from Daniel Vaughn. I know that went a little bit differently than the than the Curleys visit went. It did, um, and it wasn't an official review because at the time that he came in, we were not doing um, a full barbecue menu. We were doing sandwiches, and um, certain days we would have you know a limited menu. I was actually um, to start off, I was still cooking in a food park. Um, out of my trailer whenever we first came together because I didn't have the spot to put the pit. Um, so I couldn't be back and forth to a pit all day. So that was the limitation as far as having a, a full barbecue menu. Um, but he came in. I think he liked it. Um, you know, he, he talked really highly of it, and I was, I was very happy about that. Um, I'm anxious for him to come back, and and hopefully I get – better than a 3.75 <laughs> are you listening there daniel <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I i think i mean the the product that you're putting out is is pretty damn good um, well i appreciate that you know we've we've been you know we've been lucky to be friends for a while yeah and um you know it, it's it's been great to see this rise that you've done i mean you, honestly i don't know if i know anybody that works harder um, you know, you were going to school full time. You were working full time, and you were doing the briskets on the side. Yeah. Um, like you said, every weekend, rain or shine, um, you know. But it it it's come through in the quality. It's come through in what you've done. It, it's great to see you getting the success that you deserve, um, for sure. And and how the whole the whole town of Pflugerville is behind you. Yeah, it I mean, feels that's, like that's way, phenomenal. Yeah. You know, it is. You've done a lot of work with with the police as well, mm -hmm. and and uh, I think a banquet for them or something. Yeah. So, um, you know, they were doing something for the families back when there was a lot of police shootings and they wanted to do something, you know, for the families who, um, whenever the, you know, whenever the police are out, you know, they, they've got their, they got their partners and they got the rest of the force, you know, that, that have their back. Um, but their families at home, you know, they don't, they don't have that support, you know? So they, uh, so the, the chief at the time um, was wanting to put something together, and they had talked to me about catering it, and um, I wouldn't quote them a price. I said, I'm going to do it for you. And um, with through my network, um, I put it out there on social media, you know, what I was doing, and started getting, started getting donations from a lot of friends in the community, and um, together we, every aspect of that um, event, was covered. Um, I didn't. I wasn't out of pocket anything. The police department was out of, out of pocket anything. I was out of pocket the you know briskets and whatnot. But I got a lot of help from the community, so so the police department didn't have to pay for that. It was cool. That's Local great. businesses came together. We had uh, plates donated. You know, um, Jason from the Growler Bar brought over a keg of uh, Saint Arnold root beer. Um, it was neat. Best root beer around. It Shout is. out to St. Arnold's Frank Mancuso. Shout out to Frank. He was just in the shop this week. He's a frequent visitor. I, Frank's awesome, man. Um, and I, I just started carrying that root beer in the shop, too. I try not to drink it all. I try to save a little <laughs> bit for the, for the customers. But, um, yeah. So um, I try to give back to the community of Pflugerville because that community has given me so much, you know. Um, 
like I said, they're, they're the reason I'm not collecting student loans today. Yeah, and it's a so. huge lesson for people that want to get into the business, you know, how you did this and how you connected with the community early on um, to be able to get your way. I mean, you had experience, you had the trailer before, but I, I think the backing of the community and that first pop-up that you yeah. did at the Growler Bar, just an unbelievable crowd. And there wasn't, I mean, there was advertising from the bar and, and on social media for you, but it wasn't, you know, there. this wasn't big radio advertising or anything in the right pool, no, th that this crowd. was about time spent in the community you know you know selling to the community providing good product for the community the community turned around and supported you right back for right it. right and I, I don't know what really what came first you know I always just try to do good and try to be a good neighbor um, but yeah so I feel like that we do have that thing it's like I, I've I've got the communities back they've got mine I promote the heck out of local restaurants man that was what I I wanted to do early on because mom and pop restaurants in Pflugerville have just not done well. You know, it's a um, restaurant business in general is really tough. But, it is. Yeah. It, it's very tough. But in our town, it's it's really, really hard. Um, and we've got some good stuff there, you know. Um, so through that foodies group, um, I didn't want to just be somebody that advertised on there, somebody that was talked about. I wanted to contribute content to that group. Um, Aside from the fact that I'm very busy, my wife's very busy, we don't cook. It's very rare. We eat out all the time. Um, so I would, you know, I like to share with that group, you know, the things that I like and whatnot. So, and it's turned out to be really successful for for the businesses, you know, that I've talked about on there. I mean, we've got a, a local Chinese restaurant who um, she spends all day um, cleaning green beans and prepping those for for service because of a dish that i that i mentioned it's probably her most popular dish now so every time i see her she's like um her name is Melly at oriental kitchen she says i love you and i hate you <laughs> so. well should should we ask john to talk about anything we cook yeah. we should oh yeah that's a pretty good idea anything yeah. about yeah. that y'all cook yeah since, since we've got you on the air and got you on on the hook here yeah, man. What do we make that doesn't suck, John? <laughs> I, I haven't had anything from you guys that didn't suck. Um, Wait, let's play that back. Let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll put that on a loop. You so, know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, man, um, I was really impressed with a lot of stuff that you guys did. Um, that first, I think it was y'all's first pop-up that I did. That y'all did, I came to. Um, yeah, you've been a great supporter. Every yeah. single item was house-made on it, and I don't even know how y'all did it. Because we're stupid. Um, <laughs> that might have been y'all struggle with the brisket, though. So much focus on everything else. Yes, yes. Um, but even the brisket that y'all weren't happy with was still pretty damn good. Um, the different sauces on the ribs, um, and now the different sausages that you guys are doing. Um, you know, you guys are doing what doing better barbecue than a lot of the top 50 places that I've eaten at, and I've eaten that. Yeah, but we only Many. have to do it once in a blue moon. They got to do yeah. it every day. That, so. And that's the thing, too. You know, in the so. barbecue world, there's lots of people out there that are better than you. Oh, oh yeah. The brisket Everybody. they made at home twice that, a year is so one, much better than the 50 you cook a day. That so. one brisket, yeah. <laughs> let's let's see you pull that off on a daily basis. You just need so. to inject the brisket. That's all you got to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got input. Right. So you know, we, no, uh, we, we appreciate those words. That's that's great. But but seeing you out, and I mean, you still go out and support the community, barbecue and otherwise, which is great. I do. I mean, I, I think you've got a great story. I think you're a great person. 
Um, Thank you. You know, um, you got a dirty mouth sometimes. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> you know, hey, I'm doing, I'm doing good. <laughs> You're being today. very clean. Very yeah, clean. I'm watching this. Very this clean. Like, wow, man, you yeah. done really well. We don't no have bleeps. to bleep anything. Yeah. Yeah, right. And I know we got we have a, plenty of listeners that listen to us in in Houston and may not get up to Pflugerville, which they should. But uh, they are going to have an opportunity to have some Brotherton barbecue here in the near future. Can you talk a little bit about uh, a Houston event you got coming up? Yeah. So. Um, the uh, the Austin Houston uh, Throwdown, um, which I believe they're announcing today, today tomorrow, today. something like that. Yeah. Something it'll be like it'll that. be announced before uh, anyone hears this podcast. Yeah. So, I uh, from what I understand, it's going to be the top finishers uh, in the uh, the Houston Barbecue Throwdown, which I've I think it's been what two of those now, uh, the last three. two years, third one, yeah. last third three one years, year, which yeah. I've actually been to to all of them. Um, I've worked with uh, with Russell and Missy Regals at at the uh, at the Throwdowns. Um, so the top finishers of this year's Throwdown uh, are going to be competing against some joints from from Austin, uh, maybe Central Texas. I think it might be a Central Texas uh, Houston Throwdown. So um, so I will be um, I will be a part of that. Uh, looking forward to it. Actually, I've, I come down here and. You know, go to all the events. Um, so it's going to be neat to be actually to be competing. To be on it. your own instead of kind of behind the curtain, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, if you guys have never had an opportunity to have Brotherton Barbecue, Brotherton's Black Iron Barbecue, get out to Throwdown. Um, HOUBBQ.com. Yeah, go to com. Follow them at HOUBBQ on Twitter and Instagram. They'll have the announcements coming out of the date and the time, who's participating. Uh, John will be one of them, and we know he'll come up with something creative because that's what this man does. But if I can, I'm going to have my chefs do it. <laughs> we're coming. And, and what's we're your, coming what's solid, your Twitter account? Sure. It's PFBBQ. Uh, or it's uh, Twitter is um, at uh, PFTXBBQ. Okay, make sure people follow you on Twitter. Um, Facebook, there's a Brotherton's Black Iron Barbecue page it's, on Facebook, and it's also at PFTXBBQ as well. Outstanding. So definitely get in there. Instagram as well, same thing. Don't ask for a Monte Cristo, but you can try plenty of other sandwiches <laughs> when you go no in there. No Monte Cristos. <laughs> Maybe that'll be his dish. Oh. No, no that's way too no, much. Not, not unless someone's going to let him borrow a fryer think, that'll yeah, trash. Yeah, I don't think St. Arnold's is going to want that going on at there. That's uh, a lot of, that's a lot of hassle. It, it'll be a mess, yeah. All right, John, well, thank you again so much. Yeah, It's absolutely. been great having you on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I enjoyed it.